Welcome back to The Rental Realist. In this episode, I'm going to share my process on how I establish a rent price before we put a property for rent on the market. So you want to know how to make it in the yeah, real estate yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. We about to put you Come up on, on game. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Rental Realist. Come on. With Tyson Hill. Tyson Hill. About to put you up on game. So you know the deal. Put you up on game. Establishing a rent price, not an overly complicated process, but it is a process nonetheless. So I'll share with you step-by-step step what I do when I have a vacancy and we're about to put it on market. Now, first and foremost, I think it's really important to do this right before you're about to put the property on the market. I will, you know, I'll have a client who will say, hey, you know, what somebody's moving out of the house. Hey, what's this going to rent for? And I'll say, okay, you know, it's going to take about two weeks for us to clean it up or whatever we're doing. I'll do a quick little market analysis now, but just keep in mind that that can change. Uh, establishing rent price is somewhat of a moving target. It doesn't move a ton, but it does move because it is a supply and demand issue and supply and demand is constantly fluctuating. So we do take that into consideration. So, all right, let's say I have a house, it's ready to put on the market. This is going to be my first step. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go to Zillow.com. If you're not familiar with Zillow and you own rental property, get familiar with Zillow. It is one of the, the biggest, coolest tools that we have uh, that everybody has access to. So I'm going to type in my property. I'm going to take a look at it, and I'm going to see what they think. You know, they, They'll have like a Zestimate. I don't put a ton of stock into that. But they're usually in the ballpark. So I'll kind of look at that and say, okay, you know, that's kind of what I was thinking or whatnot. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to narrow down uh, homes that are for rent in the area that are comparable to mine. So if I have a three-bedroom, two-bath house, then I want to eliminate apartments. I want to eliminate townhomes, condos. I want to eliminate five-bedroom houses. Uh, and I want to eliminate four-bedroom houses. I want to really dial it in to, to what my direct competition is doing. Now, as far as how wide of a range I, I have, it really just depends on how much availability there is out there. If, if there's a bunch of houses in the immediate neighborhood of my subject property, then I'm not going to go too far out. I'm just, I'm just going to really dial in like, like what my closest competition is doing. Now, if there's not much for rent, then I will expand that out. I rarely go more than a mile. I think a mile radius is is plenty big. Uh, a lot of people, you know, especially when they have kids in school and things like that, they're they're actually looking in pretty uh, small areas or specific neighborhoods. So, you know, what a home rents for two miles away you know, it has somewhat of an impact because it's all related to some extent, but it's not as much impact as you would think. What I'm really looking at is if I got a house for rent and there's a house for rent on the next street over, I want to see what they're doing, how their house compares to mine so that I can try to, you know, be competitive and outcompete my competition. So I will make a list of all the properties that I think are competing with me. And I will kind of write down their pluses, their minuses, uh, where that home looks better than mine and where, you know, things don't look as good as mine. Like if I have a house that's been updated, newer cabinets, nice floors, 
and I'm comparing it to a house that uh, looks like they haven't done anything since 1989, then you know I'm going to write that down because I'm going to be able to get significantly more rent than what they're asking. However, if there's a really nice house that's decked out, they got a pool, a bunch of things, and mine just isn't stacking up to it, I've got to take that into consideration because if I ask for the same price or even slightly lower, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to rent my house until that house rents. And so I need to to take all that kind of stuff into consideration. And then I look at it like this. Okay, if I was a renter and I see these four homes for rent, let's just say there's four homes. Wh- which one is going to appeal to me the most? And it, there's a sweet spot. I'm looking at niceness, the place I want to live, but I'm also looking at price. And, you know, if something is way out of line, then, you know, I'm going to eliminate that one. But I want something nice, but I want a fair deal. And so that's kind of how I look at it. Now, where do we need to set our price so that we can attract the renter? So for if somebody is looking to rent a place, I want them calling me. I want them giving me an opportunity to rent my house. Now, the other important thing to do when you're looking on Zillow, like, so let's say I have these four houses that I'm competing with. I'm also going to look at, not only am I looking at their price, I'm looking at how long this particular property has been on the market because Zillow will tell you that. They'll tell you how many days. Uh, Just as you all know, I'm in the Phoenix market. We're in a really strong rental market right now. So if your home is priced right, you should rent it within a few days right now. That's just the, the kind of market that we're in. So if I'm looking at homes and you know, it's been on the market for 22 days and one's been on the market for 30 days and 40 days. Now, what that is telling me is the market is not reacting to their price. And so that tells me a lot. So if these homes are all asking like 17 or 1800 bucks and they're not renting, then I know that I'm going to need to be, you know, maybe 1600 or maybe 1500, just depending on how things stack up. But that's a really important thing to consider. I can't tell you how many times I, you know, I'll have a client call me and say, hey, there's, you know, I think we need to be getting more rent because, you know, I just found a house on Zillow and they're for for rent for 2000 bucks. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's also been on the market for 43 days, you know? So just because they're asking a price doesn't mean that they're going to get it. So you have to really try to figure out, you know, how how things all work together. And it can be a little bit complicated, but that's the process you got to go through. And when you're in a really strong rental market as well, because homes rent so quick, it can be a little difficult because I can jump on Zillow and, you know, these four houses pop up and they've all been on the market too long. But what I might not see is the house that popped up on the market three days ago and was off in six hours because somebody rented it because it was a fair price and they got it off the market. So that's another thing that's kind of hard. You're just every single day the market can change a little bit. And so as I set a rent price, I'll also, I I will pay attention to what's popping up to make sure that we're in the best position possible to get it rented quickly. Now, here's the second thing I'll do. Because I own a property management business, we use a software that is very popular uh, amongst property managers. And they have a nice, uh, very cool feature to where I can see closed transactions. You know, that's the thing with Zillow. You don't know what has closed. All you can see is what's currently for rent. Now, closed transactions don't mean as much as you would think. Like when you're selling a house or buying a house, closed transactions matter because that kind of sets the the benchmark of pricing. 
uh, for banks and appraisals and values and things like that. Now, rent, there's there's no such thing as rent control, at least in most markets. There are in some markets, but like in Phoenix, there's no rent control. So what a tenant is willing to pay is what you can charge. It's it's all supply and demand based. So, But I do like to see what closed transactions so I can just get a feel to make sure that my price is in the ballpark of where it needs to be. It's just more information that we can use to evaluate because you know, just to go back to this example, these four houses are asking, you know, let's, like we said, 17, 1800 bucks, but I pull the closed transactions and, and most of the homes are renting for 15 to 1600. Well, that tells me something. That's why these homes are sitting on the market. They're overpriced and they're not adjusting quick enough. So I will, I will take all that into consideration as we establish the rent price. Now, the ultimate goal when you're picking a rent price, you know, some landlords, the goal is to get every last penny they can. My goal is, as you know, I'm, I'm going to take off my property management hat and just as an investor, I want to rent quickly to the most qualified tenant possible. The highest dollar amount isn't the most important to, thing to me. Now, do I want to get the most that I can? Of course, everybody does, but not at the expense of not getting the best, most qualified tenant. So what I try to do is I want a fair price. I want to attract the most people possible without leaving money on the table. And that's what I call the sweet spot. And that's where you want to be so you can get it rented quickly, but also have a lot of options. If you're priced too high, what's going to happen is you're going to miss out on opportunities on a lot of good renters and the people that you're going to attract you know, in some cases might be a little more desperate or, you know, you might get lucky, you know, with somebody who doesn't care over, you know, two or 300 bucks a month. But, you know, in most cases you're going to lose, you know, a lot of opportunities by outpricing yourself. Okay. So now we have our, our rent price established and we put it on the market. This is also very important. This day and age with all the technology that we have, there's no reason to put a property on the market and let it sit for two or three weeks, then make an adjustment. I will know within two to three days, at least in the Phoenix market, if my property is priced right, because I'm going to listen to what the market tells me. If I'm generating the activity that I know I need to and doing this on a high volume level, I know, I know the amount of activity that I need to, to create and generate. Um, if that's not happening, then why wait a week or two? Let's adjust quickly and let's, let's, get this thing done. There's no reason to wait. So when the market speaks, in my opinion, you listen to it. If you try to strong arm the, arm the market, in most cases, you're going to end up losing. You might get lucky here and there, but overall, you're going to lose. So listen to the market, adjust to it, because nobody's going to overpay for your property. And here's another tip that is actually Phoenix specific, but I think it might apply to a lot of other markets as well. In a strong market, what happens is when we you know, put a property up for rent, those first one to two days generate an insane amount of activity, and then it tapers off quite a bit. And so, you know, sometimes a, a landlord might think, you know, let me try the high price and then I'll adjust if I need to. That's cool. You can do that, but you're not going to get the, the same activity as if you would have just priced it right from the get and, and took advantage of all all that activity that comes in those first couple days. So I, in my opinion, it just, just get the right price. There's enough information out there. There's no reason to shoot for this super high price. 
you know, with, with everything that I just explained, it's pretty easy or, you know, you can at least come to a pretty good idea of like, yeah, this is, this is what the market is willing to pay. So just do that from the gate so that you can get it done and take advantage of those first couple of days. And the last tip that I'll give you, based on how much availability there is, that also will will play a factor in the price. If I have a neighborhood that has a bunch of rentals or an area where there's a lot of rentals, I've got to be more competitive. I've really got to pay attention to what everyone's doing so that I can outcompete everybody because that's going to be really important. You don't, you know, if there's 15 houses for rent within a half mile, you don't want to be the 13th or 14th house getting rented. You want to be one of those top five, top three in, in most cases. So you want to, you definitely want to be competitive. Now, if there's not much for rent and there's certain neighborhoods that are just such good rental areas that homes fly off the market. So if I put a home up and there's nothing for rent, even close, now I can be a lot more aggressive on my price. It's a little harder to dial in what the market's going to be willing to pay. But if there's ever a scenario to take a chance on a higher price, that's it. Because you know there's no competition. So if there's somebody who really wants to move in that neighborhood and there's really no options, you know, you have some leverage there. And so that also will will push the rent one way or another, just depending on how much competition that you have. Okay, well, you got my process on how to establish a rent price. It's really not too difficult, but those are the steps. And if you follow those steps, that will get you where you need to be. Hopefully, this was helpful to you. Uh, As always, I appreciate you taking the listen, and we'll see you on the next one. Put you up on game. Put you up on game. Put you up on game. Put you up on game.